Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And what a 24 hours it's been for the devastated Houston sports fan because Major League Baseball follows up the Texans' loss with a report the very next day. They take away the Astros' next two first and second round draft picks, fine the team $5 million, suspend Jeff Luno and A.J. Hinch for a year. Then owner Jim Crane holds a press conference and fires Luno and Hinch. So joining me is Stephen Kerr, my co-host, along with Greg Lucas, the longtime voice and broadcaster for the Houston Astros. And I'm just going to start with you, Greg. What did you think? Well, the initial penalty was, uh, you know, I saw that coming up, and it was not far from what I had heard uh, people close to baseball expecting. They expected draft picks. They expected a fine. They expected some suspensions. I was kind of questioning whether or not they would get both the general manager and the manager, but they did. But that wasn't the big story. The big story was when Jim Crane had his news conference this afternoon, and the first thing he said was, we are dismissing the manager and the general manager. That just knocked me off my chair when I saw that because uh, certainly playing uh, without them for a year under a suspension would be rough, but it's been done before. And this is very, very drastic. And this is going to change the whole way this organization is uh, perhaps put together for years. So, uh, yeah, I'm flabbergasted. Greg, how much do you think Jim Crane was aware of all that was going on before this report came out? And then the reason I asked the question is because I'm sure one of the questions Astros fans may have is, so why did he wait until after the investigation was complete to fire both Luno and Hinch if he already knew what was going on? In other words, you, you think about how some schools, when you know they self-report basically to the NCAA, hoping that the punishment will be lighter. So what, what's your view on that? Well, I don't think he knew a lot about what was going on uh, in the baseball uh, operation in that regard. And the reason I say that, I think this – is very similar to the accusations made about against all the owners during the PED era. Everyone saying they want to write all they knew it was going on, and the honest fact is they didn't. Uh, there were suspicions based on things that people wrote in the newspaper, but the owners did not know all of that was going on. Uh, they just knew that it might be, and uh, so they didn't follow it up. And that's kind of the situation I think Jim Crane was probably in. When it started to be a story, he might have thought, well, there might have been something to it, but I really don't, you know, wasn't privy to it happening during the course of games. And I, I, I think I'll hold that uh, that view as well. I, I think the same thing's probably true in Boston, where Cora may get nailed for his part with both the Astros and the, uh, and the Red Sox. But the biggest factor in this is something that I think most of us were not totally aware of, how strong Manfred had come down against this sort of thing uh, at the end of the 2017 series uh, and at the end of the season in 2017. And so the warning was out there. I was of the opinion that the Astros would get nailed and then Major League Baseball would say, no more. This is what we can do to you if you do it. And the reality is, They'd already been warned. Apparently, uh, in 2017, uh, all the clubs were warned that there will be no use of electronic devices to help steal signs uh, and give your team an edge. And, and that being the case, he was basically just following up something that he had told him about in 2017. A couple of questions on top of that. Would you have fired Crane, or if you were Crane, would you have fired Luno and Hinch 
as he did? And could they have gone a year without their general manager and manager? They could have, because obviously the the routine was in place. The the objective being, well, the, the New Orleans Saints went a year without their head coach. The, the fact is, your your basic background and way the way you operate would still be in place. And so, whether they were actually there to make final decisions, uh, the the process would have still been in place. Now. You're uh, in a situation where we don't know who's going to get hired. I mean, Crane says for now he's going to take over the baseball operations. We all know that's scary if he really means doing that very long uh, because there's a guy named Jerry Jones has done that. The Cowboys have had some of their great years since he's been doing it, and other teams have run into that situation the same same way. So hopefully that is only an interim uh, situation. And as far as manager is concerned, I suppose uh, they can they can uh, they can open it. But this time of year, is, you're not going to have a whole lot of great candidates, or they can just simply promote somebody that uh, maybe the bench coach who has only been here a year or two. But uh, they could do that. But uh, that's something that we will deal with in the future. But there'll certainly be a lot of speculation. Well, that leads to another question for me, Greg. Regarding that, is if you're a manager or general manager, would you want this job? Based on what the Astros are now going to be up against, for the next two years, they're going to be losing their first and second round draft picks. And, of course, just the the, the cloud that's hanging over, you know, they, they may not be in the suspension necessarily, but just just the whole thing that has come down and the reputation the Astros have. I mean, if you were a manager or a GM, would you want the Astros job? Oh, oh sure. I mean, it, 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 those are those are prime jobs. And uh, the fact is, uh, you would still be under some pressure because the nucleus of this club is still here. And uh, they're still going to be darn good again next year. And so uh, any manager, it's not like coming into a program or that uh, has been in last place for five years and, and, uh, and, and is going nowhere. No, there'll be people that'll uh, line up, and there'll be people uh, with some uh, recognition uh, of having achieved uh, in baseball. I suspect, however, it may swing back a little bit more toward "quote unquote" traditional baseball uh, front office, and a little bit less of the uh, uh, the sleight of hand stuff that uh, the purely analytical operations do. Uh, but that's that's just a guess on my part, uh, just to, to get them away from. Uh, the image they have developed. There's a couple things from the report that, that are interesting. First of all, it says that Hinch attempted to signal his disapproval of the scheme by physically damaging the monitor that obviously they were doing the cheating with on a couple of occasions. You know, me personally, I'm, I'm still very disappointed in Hinch. I'm kind of shocked that uh, Hinch was even privy to this and let it go on kind of knowing and getting to know A.J. Hinch over the last few years. Also in the Major League Baseball report, it says, quote, it is very clear to me that the Astros culture of the baseball operations department manifesting itself in the way its employees are treated, its relations with other clubs and its relations with the media and external stakeholders has been very problematic. And Greg, of all the things in the report, I find that to be the most interesting. You know, Crane said this had nothing to do with the Brandon Taubman situation, but there, there's been a lot of stuff swirling around the Astros since Jeff Luno has been the general manager. And to me, th- this this might go well beyond, you know, the, the idea that this was just about the cheating. Um, you, you can say, yeah, I wouldn't have never come to this without the cheating, but I don't think Manfred and Major League Baseball was too happy with the way the Astros were conducting themselves. 
I, I don't disagree, and I think this also gives uh, the owner a chance to uh, uh, sweep out some people that uh, it gives them excuse. In other words, the way they've been winning, uh, if you're the owner, you don't you don't mess with that. But uh, it, you know, it, it gives it. Well, Taubman, for instance, actually has been totally thrown out of baseball forever. He can't get a job in baseball again. That was part of the uh, what came down too. So obviously, he was one of the. Uh, it was more than just his uh, sexist actions in the clubhouse uh, this uh, last year. It was uh, uh, some of the actions he had been involved with elsewhere. Uh, and uh, the memos that went out that uh, told the, the scouts to try to, you know, video stuff, uh, all sorts of stuff. It was like uh, the, the analytic thing, which is the thing of the future, uh, and the thing of the present with many teams can go overboard. If they want to know exactly what every pitch was throughout every game, and the only way they're going to get it is to uh, illicitly video it, which you're not supposed to be able to use, and certainly not to be able to use it within a game, uh, with video, with live video, but the Astros definitely were doing it. I mean, they had a uh, uh, they had a table with a monitor just steps away from the stairs leading from the uh, to the dugout uh, uh, where the so-called uh, thump, tub thumper was, and they were getting a live feed down there. Now, baseball can do a lot of things to alter this by ending live feeds to clubhouses, uh, making them take the uh, the broadcast feed, which, as you know, if you've ever tried to watch a game, uh, listen to it on radio and watch it on TV, there's 20 to 30 seconds between uh, what the radio guy says and what you see on TV. If that's all they had, they could not use it to steal pace, uh, uh, pitches. And yet they would still have the scouting tools they want uh, because they don't have to have them immediately. Uh, so there's a lot of things baseball can do to clean this up. Uh, the Astros were definitely guilty of something, and apparently the Red Sox were guilty of something twice. And uh, anybody who was with the Astros in 2017, where the major uh, charges and allegations are being made, uh, are certainly uh, guilty. But there's no one saying that this didn't continue in 2018 and maybe even last season uh, to a certain extent. So penalty as far as what the Astros are going to uh, face uh, was fine. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and I agree with the other fans who say, well, what about these other people? Well, originally this was investigating the Astros, but if they found some, uh, uh, you know, other damage done by others, I am sure there will be some penalties levied there as well, and the Astros will not be the only ones singled out. The only place I do contend uh, that uh, there's too much being made out of it, especially out of the West Coast and Yankee fans. They're, oh, good, the Astros are now going to have to forfeit games. No, 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 no. There is absolutely no way in the world you can prove that anything they were doing actually led directly to a key hit or a key moment in any game. And on top of that, the Astros winning the last two games of the World Series in 2017 on the road also negates a lot of the home advantage if, uh, if the Astros, in fact, had one. So as far as taking games away from them or, or vacating the World Series championship the last two years and declaring no winner, uh, no, that, that's, that's uncalled for and un, unneeded and should never be even considered. Yeah, but Greg, here's, the, here's my thing with what you just said, and, and that's what I was going to ask you next is, you know, should there be an asterisk next to the Astros? Now, whether we like it or not, and for that matter, the Red Sox, and that's going to be coming up soon, but whether we like it or not nationally it's going to be assumed there is an asterisk and you don't win a world series 
just because you won the last two games. You win a World Series over the course of a season over a lot of different things. You know, they they had gotten home field advantage late in the season, obviously winning some key games at home that gets you, you know, having the Yankees, hosting the Yankees at that point. Bellinger has said publicly, look, we didn't cheat. And if if, he, if they did cheat, it's going to come back around because these things usually get out and people in baseball know. So he's saying we didn't cheat. And, and the Dodgers were in those World Series both of those years when the Astros and the Red Sox won. I mean, Greg and, and, and Stephen, you could follow this up whether we like it or not. Nationally, the Astros by everybody else will this will consider be considered an asterisk, and and I and I can't really disagree with them on that. Well, they're wrong. This is media stuff. This is media hype. Anyone inside baseball, the people who really know the game, know that isn't true. Uh, but that's media hype, and absolutely, you're right that we're going to hear it. But it's 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 bull. It's it's the same thing as uh, Rockets winning two NBA championships. Jordan wasn't playing. Well, now wrong, folks. <laughs> he played a lot of that last second season. He was back in plenty of time to have made the Bulls a, a champion if they were going to be a champion in that second year. So I that there's no asterisk on that one either. But people like to put it down. They make they like it sound he missed two full seasons. He did not. He had plenty enough games to be in shape for the playoffs. They played in the playoffs. They didn't even lose to the Rockets. They lost uh, earlier than that. But uh, so that that championship and that sort of stuff I don't go with, but yeah, media likes to do it and the fans of the teams that didn't win like to do it. But uh, no, there there's nothing cheap about these two uh, uh these two championships for either the Astros or the Red Sox. Yeah, Greg, I, I was going to use the same comparison you did as far as, uh, you know, the, the Astros supposed asterisk next to the Rockets asterisk and things like that. I, I agree. I, I don't see how you can. I, mean, I know a lot of people point to the NCAA. They do it all the time. They vacate titles. They take away games. But, you know, th- it's, always this is using a, a totally ineligible, it's always in a, using ineligible players right, who right. just so happen to be stars. Uh, and in totally basketball, you, you got five yeah. players. Yeah, you, you lose some stars, you're not going to win. But uh, that wasn't the question. That both teams were playing at full strength, right? And, and the players were all legal. They were all eligible. They were all legal. And on, on top of that, if you went through the, the numbers, you're not going to see enough of a. You know, if one team's hitting 600 in, in the when they're playing at home and 200 on the road, that's one thing. But uh, it, there's no. Uh, uh, no, I, th- that wasn't the case. And in, in the case of the World Series, I say the uh, Astros actually had to win the last two games in Dodgers Stadium. Dodgers had plenty of chances, and they just didn't didn't get it done. Yeah, I I, I guess maybe I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to put myself if this was another team that did this, uh, how I would feel, and, and I would probably feel like, yeah, I don't know how legitimate that championship is. Yeah, I agree with you on all the rocket stuff. I mean, that's been litigated before, and you know that that's kind of BS. Anybody that knows anything about basketball knows that that that's a bunch of crap because it's it's hard to win three in a row. It's almost impossible to win four in a row in, in the NBA, as we've all seen. And even if Jordan was healthy that you know that year, and then obviously, like you said, Greg. Uh, you know, it, it's like uh, people had uh, sort of uh, <laughs> crazy memories if they forgot that Jordan didn't play in the playoffs that year and score 55 against the Knicks and, you know, get them to the, to the point where they were trying to beat the Magic and came pretty close to doing it. But, yeah, it, 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 I mean, I can understand it. I mean, I'm, I feel, the, you know, I feel the, the records are, to me, I, I mean, maybe you disagree on this, Greg, but the records are invalidated to me as far as Barry Bonds is concerned because 
you know, I, I feel like knowing what I know about him and what Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, what we know about them, th- th- that's an asterisk in my mind. I mean, honestly. Well, but you, I mean, you can straight, you can go even farther with it. Uh, the, the Colorado Rockies invalid because they're, they hit better at home because of the atmosphere. But that's not cheating. It's not cheating. Uh, it's though. not cheating. And, 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 but the other thing, too, and I want to make this point, too, all those Dodger fans we're hearing from, they would not be named champion. The, the worst that would happen was the champion would be vacated. The Dodgers right. would still right. be the runner-up. That, that's what they do in the NCAA, for instance. They, they, uh, years ago, they, they took Villanova off uh, something, and uh, it was because of uh, an a player who'd signed a pro contract. And the, the other team was not named a champion. It was just that uh, they still finished second, but there was no champion in the official records. Now, that's kind of silly, too, because uh, historians are always know who, who really won. Uh, so it may not be on an official listing, and uh, Villanova may not be able to count that one, but they've won two anyway, and so uh, uh, then they really know they won three. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the, the 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 media and then some, you know, Facebook, Facebook uh, and Twitter people, uh, they'll start screaming and yelling. Certainly from some parts of the country, but that's don't worry about it. That's yeah. Yeah, the penalty's pretty stiff, and what you should be worrying about if you're an Astro fan is what effect it will have in the future. Not worrying about what happened in the past, and uh, the effect in the future is what fans have to look for. Because you know, this is uh, right now we are still in the open window stage of the greatest era in Astro baseball, and it should should continue for at least a couple more years. And at that point, uh, those losses of those first round draft picks may start to be a, a, a problem. Uh, it's not going to be something that matters this year or next year, but uh, about the point when the window closes for this group of players, uh, then uh, the club may be hit in uh, in a bad way with the no first round picks. Yeah, and as far as you know, the the window is concerned. You I mean we we could talk about hey, it's going to affect you the first or second round pick down the road. But in a lot of ways, I mean, and I'll be interested to see what both of you guys think. In a lot of ways, the Astros window was obviously going to be closing a little bit anyway because, look, Zach Granke and Justin Verlander are only signed for two more years anyways. You, you probably were going to have to get somebody to replace guys like th- th- guys like that that give you that opportunity to win a championship, not to mention Correa is going to be gone in two years most likely, and Springer might be gone by the end of this year. It's going to be difficult to, to keep him. Yeah, the window, the window uh, certainly, I, that's why I said two years, because uh, two key pitchers uh, either will be gone or be playing at a much reduced rate of money because they aren't as good as they were, and then, then, you, know, you, know, then you don't really need to keep them anyway. And uh, the same thing with the free agents that could be gone, because this ball club is not going to – uh, they're not going to get into that uh, luxury tax if they can avoid it. And uh, uh, it's like we're talking about Springer. He, the Astros should sign him, but they should sign him to a backloaded deal so that the big money isn't going to start uh, for two years uh, when, uh, when Greinke and, uh, and Verlander will certainly be either gone or at a much reduced rate. And uh, – uh, I think that's the only way they can do it if they're going to sign him to a long-term deal. They can't jump him up to $25 million a year right away because they just they won't be able to afford it. They, they will not be able to uh, have enough backup good players 
especially if the farm does not start producing more in volume than they have in in recent years. I mean, obviously Alvarez is great, and there are a couple pitchers that uh, uh, look like they're going to help them a great deal, but uh, the depth of production down there maybe isn't quite as great as it was. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a real test for whoever is the general manager, and uh, that's uh, probably the more important of the two jobs that they're going to have to fill. And I'm presuming they will fill somebody, and and Jim Crane won't be. Uh, well, he might take over as president of baseball operations, but there still should be a general manager that's actually running the place, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, how big does that look after basically demoting Reed Ryan, and then of course you know having Nolan Ryan bow out? It makes it look like an even bigger hole now, doesn't it? It does, but of course one way they can save it since Reed is still in the organization is work out a deal with him to be the general manager for baseball. Uh, because he obviously has done that, uh, as part of his role in the minor leagues, now player acquisition and, uh, and, and scouting and signing and developing is not part of a minor league general manager's job. But the fact is he has worked on both sides and he actually would be, um, uh, he would actually be a good hire to, uh, to take over that job, to be honest, uh, but uh, I doubt they're going to do that because they, you know, the the demotion uh, was obviously uh, shocking enough that uh, Nolan decided to basically hang it up as soon as he heard about it. So I, I'm not sure that. And Reed may just be. I don't know this for sure, but he may just be uh, biding his time until something else uh, picks up somewhere else. But uh, uh, they've got, uh, they're have got they going to have some real work to do with the front office. As I said, I'm not as concerned about the ball club itself this year other than the, uh, uh, the negative influences they're going to have to face uh, uh, in the media. But uh, as far as the ball club itself, it's healthy. Very, very strong, and even that—that's even with a possible hole in one of the starting rotation spots, and uh, maybe even uh, you know depth in some of the other positions. But uh, no, it's—it's it's a good ball team, and they're capable of winning 95 to 100 games again, and uh, certainly be in the hunt. Uh, but they've got to have a general manager that uh, is going to attract attention, and they've got to have a uh, a manager that uh, is on the ball, even if it is a little bit different than how they've been running the last five or six years. Do you think they're going to take their time in the search? or do, I mean, it's probably something you want to wrap up fairly soon is getting a new general manager and certainly a new manager because spring training is only a few weeks away. I mean, it's amazing. It's already January. Yeah, the man, the, the, the uh, operations guy, the, the baseball operations guy, Crane can handle that now uh, because uh, basically the most important part of the job at this moment is, again, dealing with people like Springer. Uh, in arbitration, although they don't have to do with anything if it if it goes to arbitration because they know he's either going to get seventeen and a half or he's going to get twenty two and a half uh, in arbitration. That's set. But uh, uh, if they want to avoid arbitration, Crane's a guy that needs to be involved uh, with any kind of a long term deal. And the same thing with uh, uh, some of the other contracts uh, that uh, they need to, to renegotiate uh, or, or get negotiated. But manager is a position that uh, is interesting, and and I think probably if they think they've got if they think they've got anybody on the staff now who is ready to be boosted, uh, now's the time to do it. If they don't, then it gets a little tricky because if you bring in a new guy, he's either going to have to work with this staff because they're not going to have time or or manpower available to build a brand new one, uh, or 
you know, or or not. And that's a that's a tough decision to make. So we'll see how it turns out. But uh, yeah, time is running running out as far as spring training is concerned. And I'm guessing that Crane maybe could have seen all of this coming. And you know, that's that's another part about it is. You know, it's not a surprise, like you said, Greg, what happened. And, and then you also look at the fact that, you know, it, it's kind of a shame because the Astros, because of their success, they've lost a lot of their best minds to other organizations like Baltimore and Milwaukee over the last two or three years. Well, and two of their best minds, one of them, uh, of course, uh, the man, Cora manager at Boston, he may be facing something himself. And others are suggesting even Beltron. Uh, might because he was here in 2017, but I, I don't know if it'll go that far, uh, except as far as Beltron is concerned. Uh, the other thing, too, is I agree with you there. If, in fact, Crane maybe didn't know what was going to come down exactly, but if he suspected that Luno and or uh, Hinch were going to be suspended for a year, he had to be at least thinking about possibilities uh, if, he w- if he was going to fire him. If, if his point was, if we're going to lose him for a year, I'm going to make a change. If he knew that was a possibility, then you're right. He he had to be thinking of uh, options. And so he may be further along on this than uh, than we know. Well, I think the fact that he held the press conference so soon after the report came out, I mean, that tells me that he had to at least had an inkling and he was going to be prepared one way or the other. Yeah, that's why I think he had to be doing something behind the scenes, uh, at least paperwork or, or talking to people uh, with uh, – but he, he had to be doing it very surreptitiously because, as you know, things leak uh, so easily in sports and politics. But I think that uh, he had to be doing some homework somewhere just in case, even if it was just him going down through organizations and going down through names. And, and uh, uh, he and his trusty assistant, that's it. That maybe didn't go any farther. His son now because he's in baseball operations. Uh, and they had to have something uh, in mind. Uh, which I'm sure we will hear of very shortly. I don't think this will be very drawn out, and that's why Crane will handle the baseball operations for now, but uh, he's he's got to come up with a manager uh, fairly quickly, and I think they probably have already, even before this came down, had some ideas. Yeah, just uh, going back to what Stephen was saying, the pitchers and catchers report for the Astros a week or four weeks from tomorrow, so so that's just down the road. Do you think, guys, that A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno, are, are they going to get a job pretty quickly after this year's suspension is over with? That'll be interesting. It'll depend a lot on uh, what's out there. It'll also depend on whether or not, uh, you know, what the ownership of other teams are. I, I don't think they're going to – I can't see why they would be blackballed for any reason. Uh, but I can see why some, uh, and, and obviously I can't see them ever repeating this because that's a pretty severe penalty, suspension and or firing for being involved in stuff like this. So I think that uh, they're probably going to be as clean as you can be in baseball when they do get new jobs. But, yeah, they'll eventually get them because both of them, Hinch has proven to be a very, very good manager, uh, great reviews from all of his players, great reviews in the media, great reviews in any way that you can think of. Uh, and as far as Luno is concerned, uh, that really is going to depend as much on who the owner is and uh, how far he wants to go in the direction that uh, Jeff likes to run. He hasn't made a lot of friends, though. No, that's why it's going to it'll be top of the order type stuff. Yeah, they were they were not the good old boy network. They were they were the um, well, they were, I hate to use a political 
example, but they were kind of the Donald Trump of sports <laughs> in the sense that uh, they came in and shook it up, and therefore yeah. didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of enemies, and, or did have some enemies. Uh, but again, it really is the man at the top, the one man that owns the organization that was the one you got to convince. Yeah, I, I think really based on what what you just said, Greg, and I was thinking the same thing. I, I think it'll be more difficult for Luno to get a job than it will be for Hinch. I, I think it will eventually happen for both of them, like you said. But I think it'll be easier for Hinch just based on the fact that we don't really know how much you know specifically he was involved, but it was on his watch, and he's obviously paying the price for it. But as far as Luno, yeah, I, I see might be a little tougher road for him to hoe once his suspension is up. I would agree with you on that. I, I agree with you. Number one, we got a lot of former general managers that are floating around out there. Shoot, the, they make up half the staff on uh, the uh, uh, Sirius XM baseball network. Uh, they're almost all ex-general ma- for, uh, former general managers in, <laughs> That's uh, right. in Major League Baseball. So there's a lot of uh, former general managers that uh, – uh, I think would be interested in this and uh, also some up and coming guys that, uh, you know, number two guys in some organizations that haven't gotten a shot. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, this job will be uh, not hard to fill. The manager's job won't be hard to fill either. But as far as the two that are losing their jobs, I would agree. Hinch probably is the guy that uh, is certainly going to get one more easily. I won't say quicker, but certainly more easily than Luno. Well, I also think that just because the rest of Major League Baseball is starting to catch up with the analytics thing. I mean, there was a time Jeff Luno was really one of very, very few that were doing that. But now that the others are starting to catch up, it's not well, like he's going to be in high demand as much as he I'll tell you where the, the place where they became enemies of baseball was the dump years. Right. Uh, Major League Baseball did not like that, that they cut the team down to nothing. Uh, which basically guaranteed them high draft picks because they sacrificed three seasons. Now, that wasn't all really on Luno. Uh, ownership was in favor of that, too. Well, they even did and, that when uh, Drayton McLean owned them. They started doing it toward the end. They Well, they did, but they were doing it because a sale was coming, and they right. didn't want to have a bunch of long-term uh, – uh, the only long-term contract that Crane uh, – uh, inherited, and that wasn't long because they got rid of him, was Carlos Lee. They they signed no one to long-term contracts, and they decided to start looking at everybody in the minor leagues that might have a future. And as you remember, for years, the Astros were very slow in bringing up minor leaguers because they wanted to save those uh, those years. And uh, all of a sudden, things changed. They start bringing up guys quick. And, uh, you know, one of the first ones the Astros did, and this was still uh, before, was uh, 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 Martinez. And uh, he, he failed here, but, of course, then he went to Detroit, found how to swing without messing around with his front foot, and then he continued it with Boston. But uh, he was one of the few that they brought up early that wasn't really ready yet. But they didn't give him time, and so he went somewhere else. But uh, basically, uh, uh, the Astros, uh, during the Crane first years when they were, and I was still working. The the seal. His first year was they had not made any, they hadn't gotten rid of anybody yet, and I was there in 2012, and that was their first year. And uh, you know they were taking a look at everybody that could move, and making trades for low dollar journeymen, uh, the Maxwells of the world, and some of these other guys uh, that uh, really weren't going to make you a winner because they didn't really care. Oh, they wanted to when you when they went on the field every day. They wanted to win the game, but they they didn't have the talent to win very many games. And so, 
they're not throwing the games, but they're not exactly worried if they don't win them. And that's, that's I think, got uh, Major League Baseball upset because it, it wasn't the luck of the draw that they were losing games. It was intentional in the sense that they didn't care because they were going to pick up draft picks. They were going to get rid of all the high-priced guys, and they were going to start from scratch. And, and that really started during Drayton's last couple of years when he knew the team was for sale and he was trying to get maximum dollar and less uh, fewer debts on the books to get maximum dollar for the sale. So, yeah, he was part of it, but uh, it was not until the club was, was definitely going to be sold that he went that direction. Well, forget about, you know, the, the long-term future with the draft picks. I mean, Greg, what, what do you think about their offseason? Because Will Harris, their most reliable reliever, is gone. Uh, you, you've still got Presley in the, in the back of the bullpen. You've still got Osuna. But no Colin McHugh because he, he's—I'm sure he's not going to be back. And you know your, your your starting rotation obviously isn't what it was with Garrett Cole gone and Lance McCullers coming back, but likely not being able to give you 200 innings. So you're going to need six or seven starters, uh, we would assume at least. I mean, you you could say that every year, but especially you know without Lance McCullers and, and Wade Miley gave you a ton of innings last year until the, the the implode in September. So where are you with where they're at right now? Well, they're, they're, they're short, uh, but they're not, they're not awful. In other words, uh, let's say you've got the top three and McCullers is number three. Urquidy is going to be number four. He proved enough uh, to a lot of people that uh, it's a question of repeating it, but he, he proved to a lot of people that is, it is in him to be an effective starting pitcher. Now, Repeating it? Well, we'll see. Uh, the number five spot is obviously open. Uh, Peacock in an emergency could be that guy, or you can, one of these people they did acquire, maybe some miracles, the guy they, they got from, uh, you know, the Houston kid, or two of them actually. Austin they picked Pruitt. Them lately. Yeah. yeah, they got a couple kids. but And then, of course, there's also that dream that the phenom in the minors will finally, Forrest Whitley, be able to show that he's, capable of playing major league baseball we don't know that that's the the whole thing with the drafts because the astros drafted some very high people during this luna watch that didn't work i mean obviously uh springer was actually part of the last regime he was their last scouted guy and then correa was uh luno's first big one and then there have been some pitchers that didn't make it and there have been some other guys that didn't make it and uh so it's uh uh Forrest Whitley is was almost a guaranteed super super future superstar, and so far he has not shown the signs that that's in the in the cards. And the Astros really need him to find it, uh, if not at the beginning of the season, at least during the season, because you're right, they are not deep in pitchers. Um, they got a couple guys that Jones could be converted. Uh, uh, he's got the strong arm, but hadn't really been used that much. So no, it's a. Uh, it's uh, it's it's open, and they're definitely a weaker team than they were at the start of last season, but they are not a bad team even now. If they, if they lose, they're going to win 90 games just rolling out of bed, and so it's a question of do they get to 95, and if they get to 95, they're in the postseason, uh, and uh, I don't think they will have a problem getting there. It would be a disaster. They would have, they would have to have so many major injuries to not get there uh, that uh, – 
I think the odds of that are low. Yeah, Josh James, one of their bullpen guys last year, but James, he, I said Jones, James. He, yeah, he could be competing for the. You know, I, I that that was Jeff Luno's plan was him him competing for his fist. But I think he wanted him to be a starter. That was his dream and goal for him. I think he'll get a shot. Uh, they'll see what he's got in the spring. I mean, he's like one of these many many young guys. That the problem is some of them have great arms, uh, and uh, but can't never ever get the command that's necessary, or they don't get it. While they're still with you, at some point you figure, well, we got to trade him because he's just not going to get there. And, that, and then they end up going somewhere else. And, and when they're 26 or 27, all of a sudden, ding, uh, and it works. But uh, they've got to have some guys like that. As I say, Urquidy, uh, I was very impressed with his work last year, and especially when he came through as well as he did in the postseason. Uh, and uh, and they were reluctant to use him, but uh, they they he proved that they could have easily done it. And uh, uh, and so I'm uh, I'm not down. It's just a question of depth uh, that they don't have as many. Uh, and we'll have to see how that you know how that works. Was there any other angle that I missed, guys? That from this whole whole deal, I, I, I'm trying to think because when you look at this, uh, I keep going back to Hinch and Luno both getting fired, and and Luno led a lot to that culture that was the problem that Major League Baseball talked about. But Hinch, outside of this particular incident, that was his only black mark. And you just kind of wonder if they could have allowed another manager to hold it down for a year and and, and that would have been good enough. Or do you think Crane just said, I, I don't like the look as far as this in my organization, no matter what. And so I've feel like I have to get rid of Hinch, and, and we can't just have somebody locking it down for a year. Well, the stories I have read just today uh, indicated when Cora was the bench manager, he was one of the organizers and leaders of this thing to help out the hitters. And that uh, Hinch, in in the owner's mind now that it's happened, I think probably feels that he didn't show enough leadership to cut it off, especially after Major League Baseball at the end of the 2017 season uh, put out a warning that this won't be tolerated. And, uh, and apparently it still was tolerated. And, uh, the, the video monitor was still close to the dugout and they were still trying to use it. And, uh, the manager can always say, no, not going to do this anymore, but you're trying to appease your players. And there may have been some guys that really thought it helped them. Other guys weren't paying any attention to it anyway. Because uh, some 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 uh, hitters, you know, don't want to know what supposedly is coming. Because if it's wrong, uh, they can be in big trouble. So they'd rather just get up there and try to see the ball themselves and hope they can hit it. But others uh, others want the advantage. And so um, I think it was too bad. I think the fact that the memo got out uh, indicating that uh, uh, the scouts were told to get some video cameras and tape the other team's dugout. I assume this was we're talking about advanced scouts. Major League Advanced Scouts, because that's the only place it would really matter. You don't need to do it in AAA uh, to uh, see what the see what signs were going coming from the dugout bench, so they can interpret what the guy's pickoff sign is and what is uh, uh, you know when they're telling the pitch when they're actually giving instructions as to throw a particular pitch, and they they want to have that now. That's all goes into analytics. The problem is, how do you obtain it? And is it really necessary? And that's the fight with analytics uh, with some people that have been more traditional baseball all this time. They say, um, some things you can see with your eyeball, and some things do you really need to know exactly that uh, he throws a curveball uh, 22% of the time. Well, 22%, that's 
that could still be any pitch. Uh, so uh, it, it shows a tendency, and it's nice to know, but it doesn't does it really apply to this particular at bat? And there's where the argument is uh, with all of this stuff. And in this case, if they were getting to that point where they want to know exactly what the numbers showed instead of some scouts' eyeballs, that got them in trouble. Too many, too much uh, use of electronics to uh, to scout. Yeah, but, and sometimes in the case of Hinch, it, it, it sometimes I, I think it's that. It isn't what you do that gets you in trouble. It's what you don't do to stop it. Yeah, I think that was it in his case. It was what he didn't do to stop it, especially, uh, again, we come into this this big warning that came out at the end of 17, uh, and that pretty much was – they laid it out. It was almost like they're saying, oh, he, he ain't going to do anything. Don't worry about it. Well, <laughs> he did, and uh, now you got to worry about it. And, uh, and, and that coupled with the fact that the Astros were not real popular with the uh, – uh, some people, some other teams in Major League Baseball, for the way they uh, they they basically dumped three seasons, and then then it worked. If it hadn't worked, they have, other people would have just been saying, "Ha ha ha! You wasted three three seasons. Your franchise is now in financial trouble." Uh, ha ha ha! But it worked, and that's what made it even worse. And uh, so, and then people tried to copy it to a degree, uh, but not to that point. And so, uh, it's. Uh, it's a mess, and I'll be talking about it the whole rest of the season. I mean, once the season starts, uh, you're still going to see stories written about the situation the Astros are in, and the Astros apparently put themselves in uh, by being a little little too arrogant, maybe. Uh, maybe nothing more than that, uh, even more so than what they actually did. So it'll be an interesting story to follow uh, from afar, and I'm glad I'm not active and have to be reporting on it and getting interviews <laughs> and having people say the same things over and over again. But, uh, uh, and, and the reaction that the national media will have will all be, Oh, they deserved it. And they were bad. And they did this and owners had to know what was going on. And I, I, I I'll put Jim Crane, I'll give him a little bit of leeway there. I, I never was one who castigated the owners during the PED, uh, era, uh, as knowing exactly what was going on. Uh, but I do, um, I, and I, I put Jim Crane in the same boat here. He may have had, may have heard some suspicions, but I doubt seriously if Jeff Luna was coming up with a meeting and showing him the spreadsheets and said, "Well, we got this by doing this." No, I don't think he knew that. I don't think he knew that at all. Uh, but uh, when it got written about and the uh, the investigation started, he obviously knew something was wrong, and he also knew something was going to be pretty serious as far as a penalty, and it was, and that's why I think he had to have an idea of if his manager and general manager were suspended for a year, uh, that would be the end of them. So I, I have to think that he had some, some ideas as to how he's going to uh, make the changes in the organization uh, prior to this season, and so I, don't, I honestly don't think it will be too long before they decide who's the manager. I think that'll be fairly quick. The players are going to have to start answering questions too, because they've they've kind of skated by. Because you know we've been out of season, and I haven't heard much from anybody whatsoever. I mean, just a quick glance at Twitter, and we're talking right after this happened. And Miles Straw has a little prayer sign uh, next to just the word "dad," so I assume that's that's about AJ Hinch. But uh, the one thing, if you're looking for a silver lining for an Astro fan. The one guy in management that they didn't get rid of 
uh, and he might be the most important guy in management is who, Greg? Who Who is still there that might be the most important guy that the Astros have in their entire system? I got to think who's still there. I mean, obviously, uh, they, they have a different president already, and they got an operations guy. They have no man. Well, uh Pitching coach. There you go, Brett yeah, Strom. Brett is Strom. Pitching coach. Brett Strom. He he is. He's the guy. He, he lives is. on. He is. <laughs> yeah. He's still there. Well, that's because he doesn't worry about hitters, except getting them out. <laughs> and that's true. I'd say the entire pitching staff is safe. So, uh, And uh, Brett Strom, you're right. He's going to have his work cut out for him uh, this spring to refine some young guys and uh, and maybe make some changes with some vets to make this a uh, really solid and deep staff. Well, I appreciate you doing this, Greg. Uh, and a last second notice, it's a, it's crazy. And you're, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, all of it, but I, I appreciate it. Uh, how's your books going? You, you, you got another one coming out soon? No, I haven't been writing anything. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking a break and I'm not sure when I'm going to uh, get inspired again. I'm getting lazy, frankly, but uh, I'm not sure when I'm going to get inspired again. I've, I've, uh, Every so often I have little thoughts about one, and then I think, eh, that's a lot of work. So I'm not sure. But I'll certainly let you know because I will try to publicize everything I've got. <laughs> well, you, you got a book right here. This is a book. The Astros have been a book for the last few years. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They, they, the, the, the Astro Legends book, which is the newest that's been out since uh, the, the beginning of the year, it's, uh, it doesn't cover any of this. It goes through 2018. Uh, so it doesn't have the disappointment of the World Series, and it does, certainly doesn't have this. So uh, uh, I suppose I could do an update, but uh, maybe I'll have to wait for the uh, the um, dust to settle a little bit more. Well, thanks again, Greg. Thanks also to Stephen. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys, for doing this. And also, if you're listening and you would like to support us, you can do so by sharing a link to the show and tell your followers that uh, this is good stuff, that... Uh, we're doing over here just uh you know maybe retweet us or, or put it up on facebook and remind people what houston sports talk is we thanks for thank you for joining us and we'll, we'll talk to you again really soon you're listening to houston sports talk don't forget to follow houston sports talk on facebook and twitter subscribe to us on itunes spotify the google podcast app or the stitcher app You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.